For most of us, the holidays are now, I'm sorry to say, well and truly over. People are heading back to work and school this coming week, if they haven't done so already. We thought we'd try to keep the dream alive just a little bit longer, and I'm happy to welcome Tony Wheeler now, who co-founded Lonely Planet alongside his wife, Maureen, to give us a little insight into the travel market and speculate on what may be the top travel destinations of 2023. He's also recently returned from a quite a remarkable journey to French Polynesia. Thank you for joining us, Tony. Good morning. Uh, this passenger cargo ship to French Polynesia sounds marvellous. Just, just tantalise us with that, please, if you would. It, it was terrific. It, it's a ship called the Aranui, and it's been operating for many years. And it started out basically as a cargo ship with a couple of cabins. But the, it proved so popular that they kept on building a, a newer, larger Aranui. They're up to Aranui 5 now. And it, it looks like there's been a collision between a cruise ship and a cargo ship. And one, at one end, there's cranes and containers, and on the other end, well, it's a cruise ship. And you take it and you, you stop at various islands around French Polynesia. So it is a you, cargo ship still, is it? it? Oh, definitely cargo, yeah. yeah everybody's yeah. out and the, the containers are unloaded and things are shuttling back and forth. It's, I thought it was fantastic. It's a really interesting trip, but it's also a cruise ship. And and how long is it? Are they? Oh, it's about two, two, I think it's twelve days. It's all. It does. It goes every month. Once a month, it does this standard twelve-day circuit around the Marquesas Islands, the island where Paul Gauguin did his final paintings and where he died. Uh, it's 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 a terrific trip. I, oh. I really enjoyed it. Oh, sounds fabulous. Now you are predicting that some of the hardest countries to access throughout the COVID pandemic might become the top tourist destinations this year. What countries particularly? Particularly, Tony? Well, I, I think Japan, obviously, we're seeing that already. That, And I'm going to Japan in a couple of months' time on my way to somewhere else. But uh, Japan is certainly back on the radar, and people have always loved Japan. And Japan was actually almost heading towards over-tourism before the pandemic shut things down completely because it was becoming so popular and then shut off completely for two years. So I suspect there's going to be a real rush to get back to Japan. South Korea, the same story. It's a you know, in the same vicinity, and it's it's had so much publicity, either through K-pop or through mm. the winning the Oscars. You know, so South Korea is on the on the radar as well, and I, I suspect when China really does reopen to tourists, there's going to be a an urge to get back there as well. Um, some predict a boom in travel in this coming year due to business and leisure travellers from China, particularly in Australia and Thailand and so on. I wonder if you think that is likely or, or if there's going to be a little bit of an overhang there, just traumatic overhang. I think there'll be a lull before the Chinese really come back. But we know there was there's so much travel enthusiasm. And I, I know quite a few young Chinese travellers and you know they were they were definitely out there in the world before because they their parents couldn't travel. You know, young people are a, a new generation in that respect in China. That you had parents who were never allowed to leave their hometown, and suddenly you had the whole world open to you. So I think the Chinese will come back, but it's not going to be immediate. And what about domestic travel? I sort of raved on about I'd had a, a marvelous summer really following the water in Australia, as it turned out, and, and it was it was just absolutely fabulous to be honest. And, um, you know, differing standards in different parts of the country are the way they treat a traveller, I must say that. But do you see a growth in domestic travel in Australia? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think we've we've got a lot. We've got a lot going for us here in Australia. And I, I was lucky during the, the pandemic. There were a couple of – I look back on it and I sort of happened to choose the right week when things opened up and you could go places again. I went I went out to Longreach where ah, yes. the um, the Qantas Museum is. And it's a t- terrific 24-hour train trip from Brisbane. The train trip was, you know, part of the, part of the attraction. I, I've done more islands. I've, I've – just in the last couple of weeks, I've been out to French Island, um, Victoria's Forgotten Island. It's twice the size of um, of Phillip Island, and right beside Phillip Island, and only one hundredth of the population, one tenth of the population, one tenth, one hundredth, one hundredth of the population. So yeah, there's lots of lots of attraction. Hasn't got penguins though, has it? No, but it's got koalas. Oh, it's got, yes, it's got so many koalas. They've almost got a koala overpopulation. I saw very healthy koalas in in Victoria too, thank God. Um, Look, uh, I wonder whether you agree with the travel editor of the Sunday Times, whom we had on last year, who believed that the age of cheap travel was over, that the pandemic more or less killed it. Now, do you agree with that? No, I don't. Partly because there are airlines, and I, I think in Europe, you know, the one you look at right away is Ryanair, and their whole their whole reason for existing was cheap travel. So I, I think there is going to be that um, that opening up again, but it's it's not going to be as cheap. There, there's so many headaches that were introduced during the pandemic. There's so much more so much more paperwork still. We've we've got most of that out of the way, but. It, it, it does still exist. So it's not going to get me back to as cheap. But I, I would really hate to see young people not able to travel. Now, I just have to say this question of paperwork, we were smiling because you do hear this. What paper? Surely that, that's a sort of euphemism for just um, complicated. Because who uses paperwork on planes these days? Too true. I, I agree that, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's digital now. But despite that, I, I still carry around my uh, printout of my Australian vaccination records. Do you? Because I, I don't want to be, you know, stuck there. And I, I've actually had five vaccinations now. I'm ahead of the curve. Um, and, you know, if they offer in, in six months' time, I'll have a sixth. Uh, but, you know, it, it's worth having that, that paperwork because sometimes your phone goes flat or there's no email, no internet connection. And in that situation, having... Having some things printed out is really useful. Yes, I'm a great believer in that, I have to say. Now, I did notice also, and there was a couple of things, the return of the A380, which everybody thought had been pensioned off, is coming back big time, I read. I'll see whether you agree with it. But I also have a text here from Tom in Tassie. Um, Given we don't have a snowball's chance of keeping global heating below two degrees, I'm very disappointed you're still promoting air travel and overseas travel. It would be good if you could stop doing this. It's Tony from Tassie. Now, I, I mean, this comes up every time we do a story like this. How are you currently thinking about this, given that it, it is, you know, your it's oxygen for you? Well, absolutely true. And, you know, I, I know every time I get on a plane, I know I'm doing something I should feel guilty about. But there's, there's also the fact that travel is enormously important to lots of people. And it's very easy to sit down in Tasmania and say, you know, we, you know we, don't, we don't need the world. We can stay here. Everything's fine. Or in Australia. We've got everything in Australia. But if you're somebody working in Nepal, for example, um, you're, you're either a subsistence farmer or you're working in tourism. You'd, you'd like to have more tourists coming in and going out on those treks. They're not going to be using too much um, 
fuel on the tracks, apart from burning up their own energy. But um, they've certainly flown there. And, you know, it's a problem. How do you how do you get around it? And there is a lot of work going on, isn't there, with replacement, with, with um, energy-efficient fuel for planes, or am I just being sold a pup with talk about it? No, that, 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 is, that, that is happening, not as fast as we would wish. You know, and there's no question the aircraft, are, the A380 even, are far more, far more economical than their predecessors. But nevertheless, flying is not a good thing. And if you, if you can get somewhere by... By train, and I, I've like got the French are now anything under two and a half hours, you've got to go by train. I, I read. Yeah, and we could be doing that. All we've got to do is build a good railway line between Sydney and Melbourne, and <laughs> away we go. And that I is another on, story, <laughs> isn't it? I would be on that train in a flash. <laughs> uh, quite now. What about virtual travel? Because that is, I suppose, an antidote to this. That and there are. I can tell you, I I go on some of them. You accompany somebody uh, on Zoom who takes you around a city or whatever. Will that be some sort of substitute? Look, it is. Uh, um, yes and no. I mean, I, not for me, thank you. Um, you know, I may look at it, but I don't see it as a substitute for travel. I see it perhaps as a taster for what I'm going to do. But I, I feel, I think about that much the same as I, I think about cruise ships. I, I don't want to go on cruise ships. I don't, I've just been on one, but um, that was a cargo cruise ship. How many, uh, by the way, were on that? 119. Oh, right. 119 passengers, which, you know, compared to these cruise ships with 2,000, 3,000 or more people, it was virtually nothing. But uh, you, the thing about the big cruise ships is it takes all these people out of circulation. They can go round in circles on their cruise ships and they're not crowding the places that I want to go. In fact, uh, David from Geelong has come on and said the Aranui 5 departs Papiete every three weeks for a two-week round trip to the Marquesas, not every four weeks. He's just... Well, yeah, well, check their website. I I, I do recommend it, though. I think it's a fantastic trip. All right. Um, Well, look, thank you very much indeed. Where is your next trip? Norfolk Island. Um, now that, that there you are. It's not quite Australia, is it? It's you know, it's a Australian territory rather than part of Australia itself, but, but close enough. Well, look, keep enjoying it. Clearly, there's nothing going to stop you, um, even the horrors of the of the pandemic, which you write about very amusingly. You didn't lose any luggage, though, did you? No, I was with a group who did lose some yeah. luggage, but it turned up in 24 hours, so it wasn't a, <laughs> mine, wasn't a major problem. Mine took two weeks, as I've bored listeners mm. with. All right, thank you very much indeed, Tony Wheeler. Thank you. Bye-bye. And you can let us know your own travel stories and what you'd like uh, printed uh, or, or recovered. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.